Hello and welcome to episode number seven. Today we've got an interview with Selena where we talk all about empty nest syndrome and gaining your confidence to travel solo later in life. Hope you guys enjoy. You are listening to Solo Women Travel Tribe Podcast with your host Zena Jones. Learn, inspire, share and connect with fellow solo woman travelers from all over the globe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Solo Woman Travel Tribe Podcast. And today we have got Selena Gorry all the way over in Kalgoorlie, Western Australia. Hello and welcome, Selena. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about this because today we are talking all about the empty nest and starting to travel solo later in life. Yep, that's me. Um, I was 45 before I started my travel, and it actually took a few little mini trips before I felt brave enough or confident enough to do some big trips. So there you go. Awesome. So tell us a bit more about your story. So what led you to become a solo traveler? When did the kids leave? Tell us all about that. What happened? Um, So I was a solo mother. Um, I started having children really young. Um, I now have 28-year-old twin boys. Uh, Next son down is um, 23 and then a 21-year-old daughter. Um, And being a solo mum, it meant for me personally that I had to stay really focused on bringing up my children. So any dreams or goals that I had were definitely put on the back burner. And it meant that as much as I wanted to travel when I was young, before I had children, that opportunity was kind of uh, put to one side because I was so focused on trying to do the best that I could for my children. Um, The desire and want to get out there in in the world and see what was out there away from little old New Zealand um, did not lessen over the years. Uh, And so as the children grew up and left home, started to leave home, it was like I could see that the light at the end of the parenting tunnel was getting closer and closer and I could start dreaming about, hey, where did I want to go? What do I want to see? What do I want to experience? What do I want to put on a bucket list or tick off? Um, But I didn't feel I could do that until only a couple of years ago when my youngest um, left home and started living her adult life. And I think so many of our listeners can relate to that. So what were some of the steps that you took to start out with? Uh, well, part of being a part of being a solo parent is, especially in New Zealand, you um, had to rely on a benefit, like a government grant each week. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to survive on. It's yeah. not enough to be saving on or to make big plans. So for me, it wasn't until the children left home and I could start working that I could see that little by little I could save up enough. And my first big trip um, 
away altogether, away from the children, away from Tauranga, my home, was to go on a four-night cruise with one of my mates. And we just went from Auckland um, to Sydney. Oh, cool. And And what was that like? Yeah, that was with with the Pacific uh, Princess Cruise Line. And I loved it. Mm. I love the idea that... I could achieve the goal of saving up and going on this holiday and it just was the start of a real uh, hunger to go travelling, see more, experience more. Um, So once I got back from the cruise, then I saw how close the opportunity was to um, start saving. So as my um, daughter uh, left home and was married and started living her adult life, um, because I no longer had a dependent, it meant that I could work and actually save my money. And that's when I could start dreaming about little tiny trips. Mm. And so for me, uh, from Tauranga, New Zealand, which is where you're based. That's me. um, Yep. My adult sons by this stage had moved over here to Kalgoorlie. And so it gave me the opportunity to see that um, coming to visit them even for a couple of weeks, was a big step for me. That whole process of booking flights, saving up, planning ahead, thinking what are my goals, that was a big thing because up until that stage, my children took up all of my thinking, all of my time, all of my possibilities. They were my number one. Um, But now that they were no longer reliant on me as much, it meant that I could start thinking about me for myself. So was that trip to Kalgoorlie to visit your sons, was that your first solo trip on your own? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it was scary. Yeah. Tell us about that though, because you know that's the that's the truth behind solo travelers. Sometimes it is scary, and especially when you start out. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think um, probably the moment that it really hit was sitting on the um, plane flying from Auckland to Perth. Mm-hmm. It was a direct flight, and uh, somewhere over Melbourne, I think. I remember looking outside of the plane and seeing Australia underneath me and having that moment of going, oh, my goodness, it's really happening. I'm really <laughs> actually on this plane and I'm really flying. Like, oh, my goodness, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then getting to Perth and working out where do I go from here, from the train station, from the airport to the train station, mm-hmm. and then how I was getting – Um, onto the train and having to set my alarm so I didn't miss the bus that got me to the train, you know, all of that sort of stuff I had never even had to deal with before. And so every day was a new experience about how to get to one place. So, um, and it's, I just want to pause there and just say like, that's something that I hadn't really considered when I first started out as a solo traveler was like, I guess when you travel from A to B with other people or with someone else, it's like two heads working together. So the two of you sort of figure it out together. And when it's just you, you know, you're completely relying on yourself and your intuition and your knowledge and your know-how. 
Um, yeah. It changes things, and it, it is a little bit scary sometimes because there's nobody else there that you can lean on for support. And especially when things go wrong, mm. that, when it's like, um, yeah, I got myself into this pickle. Now how am I going to get out of this pickle, you know? <laughs> yeah. You've got to work things out yourself. You've got to try and work out. So if I can't catch that flight, what are the alternatives? How do yeah. I make this work? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. If I lose my bag, what am I going to do? Yeah, what am know? I going to do? Yeah. And it's interesting because I think one of the things I learned really early on is I am really resourceful and capable. And I think all of us as solo travelers, when we first start out, we learn that quite quickly is, oh, actually, shit, I can figure that out on my own. Or, hey, I did that. Like, and I'm okay. Yes, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Did you feel brave and ready when you first started out? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No, but the alternative was um, I could feel myself coming to a place where I was at a crossroad, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. and it was a moment that I could choose. I had to make a choice do I completely get myself out of the rut that I had been living, being a parent and going to work and going home, being in Taronga for so many years? Do I get out of that rut and just jump in to a totally unknown new lifestyle and really putting everything on the line Or do I just stay in that rut? And I saw that if I didn't make that jump, I was going to be in that rut for another 10, 15 years. My life would continue the same. Mm. And I thought, I've got to do it. I've got to jump. I've got to take this moment. And for me, it was also lining up the fact that my children, although they were adults, young adults, at that stage, there was only one little grandchild who had arrived and um, my mother is still in really good health. Mm -hmm. So I kind of figured that I had a window of only about, say, between five and ten years where if I was going to go and live a life, now was the time to do it before Mm. I really needed to have those people depending on me again, whether it was my mother needing help as she got into her elderly years, or if it was my grandchildren wanting to have their nunu, which is what I'm called, (laughs) around more, you know? Yeah. So I had that small window, and if I didn't jump out of that rut and take the opportunity now to go and do it, I could see that that window would shut open and shut really yeah. quickly. And it's so good that you took the time to really reevaluate where you were in your life and make that decision to, you know, take the leap, basically. It's a leap of faith and just give it a go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think for our listeners as well, like I want to point out, like one of the hardest things I've ever done was buying a one-way ticket and moving, you know, as far away as I could to the other side of the world, to London. And it was, you know, it was like now or never, and it was make or break. It was, at the same time, one thing I really want to point out is if worse comes to worst, if you don't like it, if you don't love it, if it's not your thing, you can always go home. You can always return back 
to the rut, so to speak. You can always go back yes. to that. If, if you miss that or if you think that that was somehow better for you, you can always go back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, for example, for me, Tauranga in New Zealand is always my home. Mm-hmm. And I have my family, extended family there, my mum and her um, sisters and so my aunties and my nana lives there. So it does feel like home. However, funnily enough, after traveling around the Southern Hemisphere for the last couple of years and working away from that rut, um, when I was in New Zealand recently, it stopped feeling like home. It was just familiar, but it didn't feel like home anymore. And actually, that was okay. Yeah. Wow. I never imagined it would be. Yeah, see, that's really interesting. That's another thing I learned when I was in London is I was so, so homesick for like a good year. Eventually, I I got to that place where you are now where it's totally okay. And I began to feel and I still believe to this day that home is wherever I am. Yes, yeah. Yes, and I feel like that now too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten to the stage where I can sleep in anything that's horizontal, whether it's a bed, <laughs> a bus, a train, a plane, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so wherever I am, that's where I am, and yeah. that's where home is. I would have to say that because I have children, um, both adult children and grandchildren now, uh, plural, um, they, wherever they are, will be my home now. Mm, yeah. Um, so I sort of see Kalgoorlie, which is where three out of the four of them are based, um, but it's still – it's just a place. It's a place to call temporarily a base, not a home. Mm. I no longer feel like I have a home other than my children. So that's okay. Yeah. You know? And I think home is is more of a feeling rather than a place. It's a feeling that you have absolutely. maybe when you're surrounded by your kids and your family yeah, as opposed absolutely. to a place. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So tell us about some of the bucket list travel items that you've crossed off. Do you know, the funny thing is, is that I actually don't have any and I didn't have any to start out with. I was so determined to get out of that rut of, living in the same place that I had in Tauranga, that I just thought I'm going to start out in Kalgoorlie because that's where my sons were. At least I had somewhere to go to and start working and start saving and start planning. Um, my original idea was to go over to England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that, so I could say that that was a goal and to start using England as a working base while traveling around Europe. And once I started traveling, I realized, you know what, I'm far too old for this crap where you go to one town, you're there for a night, you pack up, you're off again. And (laughs) so I just thought, I'm going to slow everything down and just chill. So if I go to a town and I like it, I'll stay there until I feel like, yeah, I've done it. And then I'll move on. Um, You know, so once I started working in Kalgoorlie, I saved up money where I could go and travel for about a month or so. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? Uh, So from Kalgoorlie, I went over to Brisbane, caught up with friends, met up with the family in the Gold Coast, did all the theme parks, had a great time, Mm -hmm. went down to Melbourne. I loved that. But again, each, each time I went somewhere, I was going 
to people or staying with people that I knew. So my first actual real solo travel was going from um, just recently uh, over to Kuala Lumpur and Singapore. Yes. And that was so uh, scary for me. Um, especially because I nearly didn't have a ticket to come home from Singapore. That gave me grey hair. Um, But uh, in that process, I've realised I'm so not scared of travelling anymore like I was when I first started out a couple of years ago. That's awesome. And and how did you you get to that place where you are no longer scared of travelling on your own? I think it took the, um, about a year ago, I left Kalgoorlie after working here for about nine months, Mm -hmm. and I went through, um, I flew back to New Zealand, travelled through New Zealand for about a month, catching up with friends and family, then I went to Sydney, and I, I... plan to sort of stop there for a wee while on the way to England but then um, my plans changed I decided to do things slowly and I travelled up to Cairns. Mm-hmm. When I got up Cairns, I loved it I just thought what a cool place to be. I loved the experience that I had had in Sydney where I decided I was going to climb over the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh cool. So that was a bit of a, a, a bucket list thing. Yeah. Not that I had naturally planned it. It was just like that was that worked out. Um, and then when I was up in Cairns, I went swimming on the Great Barrier Reef. And these moments were, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing it moments. I'm yeah. really here. I'm really achieving and seeing the things that other people have been talking about and I've been listening to for years. Now it's my turn. Yeah. So for me, that kind of gave me confidence. And then when I ran out of money, I realized, oh, I need to work. (laughs) So it was a process of flying somewhere, finding a job, finding accommodation, um, going through the process of saving up again before I went on my next adventure. And so when I realized I can do that and I can do it by myself and I achieved that quite well, then my um, little baby steps of travel started getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Because it was and a bit of a leap for you to go to Singapore, wasn't it, and to Malaysia? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I wasn't going to anyone. I wasn't going to somewhere where they could speak English predominantly. You yeah. know, I was nervous about the cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the first couple of days in Kuala Lumpur I actually didn't eat because I didn't know what I was ordering (laughs) and feel confident enough to say I think I want that but I don't know what it is so I'll give it a go but what if I get sick and yeah yeah so many of us can relate to that I remember being in Hong Kong and being like I have no idea what I just ordered but it tastes good (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. um so now that I feel like I've approached that and I've achieved it Now I'm not scared of planning bigger. So the Mm, idea of going to Cambodia for a month to a yoga retreat or the idea of popping off to Thailand is not as scary as I thought it would be. You know, for me going on that cruise ship, that was such a momentous moment for me. Even though I was with a friend, um, the whole 
idea of packing and preparing and mm. all that sort of stuff was huge. Yeah. Now it's like, meh, I can do that. Yeah. Sweet ass. It's easy. You know? Yeah. And and just to, to go through that experience, it's so empowering, isn't it? Like it's liberating to know that Definitely. you can do that. And it's like, hell yeah, I can take on anything now. I can go anywhere. Yes. Even that experience of going to the um, airport in Singapore, I was on my way home from Singapore and there had been a bit of a muck up with the plane uh, tickets Mm -hmm. and they could see that I had booked and paid for a ticket, but for some reason it just wasn't coming up. And I'm in panic mode by now because the gate was closing and it was like, oh my goodness, the first time I'd nearly missed a flight and I was really, really low on funds. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this? And I realized it's going to be okay. I can do it. It's all right. And Anyway, as it turned out, I managed to run myself through the Singapore airport as ugly as that looked. I don't care because <laughs> I made the flight. You made it. Yeah. I did. I and did. I love what you said there. Like, it's going to be okay, regardless of what happens. Yeah. If you lose your bag, the hotel can't find your reservation. If you get lost in a city you've never been to, at the end of the day, it's all going to be okay. Yes. It's part of the experience. And yeah, and being Kiwi as well, I reckon we have the, the travellers of Kiwi land have got a real like, yeah, she'll be right, mate, kind <laughs> yeah. of attitude. Laid you back know? approach, yeah. Laid back, so she'll laid be back. right, it'll be okay, yeah. somewhere along the line it'll all pan out, you know. And, yeah, I think that's I've really taken that on now. And that definitely works to our advantage because we get a lot less stressed in, in so many situations. I completely agree. <laughs> yes, definitely. Now it's now for me, booking flights, not just for myself but for my mum, for example, um, is no hassle. I can – I feel confident enough to go on websites. I don't use travel agents mainly because – it's putting my trust in what's going to happen in someone else's hands. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's just my personal fear that if yeah. they stuff up, I'm the one that wears it, whereas if I stuff up, I'm the one that's responsible, you know? That's um, interesting, so and I- you should um, you should keep an eye out because I'm going to do an episode with a travel agent as well, and I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on booking with an agent after that. Probably would change, yeah. yeah. I think it would once you've – Heard from somebody who understands both sides because I was a travel agent for many years. So, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms in another episode, but it would be, I'd be really interested for us to catch up after that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, there's one thing I really want to know from you. How do you deal with your adult kids needing you in a crisis when you're traveling or living abroad? Yeah, that's been an issue just recently mm-hmm. um, this year where I was away from my children and they um, there was one of the one of my adult children that went through quite a traumatic life experience that needed my immediate um, support yeah. and not just on the phone. It was literally a situation of I had to quit the job that I was in, catch the next plane out of town and be here where they are. And that was okay. As a mother, that's just what you do. Mm. It's irrelevant of how much you have or haven't got in your bank or if you've got the time to do it or whatever other 
plans you had prepared, all of that immediately goes by the wayside when yeah. your child needs you. It doesn't matter what age they are. So yeah. for me, jumping on that plane, getting out of that town, being where my family needed me, that wasn't even an issue. And I, what love, I, found, I love that sorry. because so many other people will be able to relate back to that of not necessarily having, you know, adult kids in a crisis, but just any crisis. If you had to get home in a hurry, if you have to, you have to, and you will make it happen. Like literally, you know, you'll get a bank wire transfer from a family member or you will use a credit card or, you know, you'll do whatever you have to do to make it happen. Yeah. yeah, I had an emergency um, credit card that had been sitting there and it was um, exactly for the situation. You know, mm. if I was in the middle of France and zombies came to eat <laughs> me, I'd have that credit card and I'd be on the next plane out of yeah. there, you know, or if my family needed me or I needed to attend a funeral. So I had that contingency plan already prepared. A safety so that's, yeah. that's what I kind of felt safe in. At least I knew that I could be where I needed to be at, you know, what I immediately. What I have found most interesting since then is because of the crisis that happened and the situation that has happened, it has meant that I can foresee that I am not able to immediately go back to the lifestyle that I was living prior family crisis. Mm -hmm. And it has meant that I've had to go back to square one of working in Kalgoorlie, saving up my money again before I could go back to being the intrepid traveler, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's been incredibly frustrating and it's been hard not to transfer that onto the family member that was going through the crisis. Mm. So it's been a real mental challenge to stop and take a breath and realize this is where I need to be right now and just go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that my moment of going back to my traveling, it will happen again. But for now, I need to be here. For now, I need to get my feet back on the ground, continue to be a support to my family member, and uh, just be here. And that's been a challenge. Yeah. An and interesting challenge. <laughs> it sounds like it. But yeah. so many of us can relate to that because once you, you get the travel bug, not necessarily the solo travel bug, but the travel bug in general, once you get that and you get that empowered feeling for, that, that comes with it, you want to do it all the time. And it can be really hard to, you know, have to to come back to your home or, you know, find a new base and settle down and work, get back on your feet again, and then yeah. when you're in the right financial position, go off and do it all over again. So, yeah, yeah I can, I I can see that when I was traveling, I was in control. Mm. I was in control of my life. I think uh, being a young mum, having children and, you know, on my own because my husband or ex-husband was just fantastic, um, <laughs> you know, I my life was out of control. I had no choice. I had to just get on with the job and be there and do it. My first... Um, in the last two years where I have been traveling and I have been choosing where I want to stop and work, 
that's been my control. I finally felt in control of my life. Mm. So having to stop being in control and having to stop and handing that control up to the situation of having to be here, that has meant that I've had to regain my control and let it be different and changed a little bit. Mm. Yeah. which, Still yeah. allowing it to be okay. Exactly. And you will be the intrepid traveler again soon, for sure. Yes. yes. So I've got a really good question here. What is one item that you can't travel without? I like to ask everyone this. One item you cannot travel without. My passport. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, that's cheating, of course. What else? <laughs> Nobody said that yet, so that's really funny. <laughs> My sense of adventure, I think that I have to just actually you know I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel that one. Okay. And I'm going to say my Kiwi ingenuity, which unless you're a Kiwi, you won't necessarily understand that, but we can make and break anything with anything. Yes. Um so <laughs> Going to a beach and having to use a sarong or, you know, you've got one piece or one item of something and you can use multiple or find multiple ways to use it. So, um, yeah, like you said, so we can make or break anything with anything. Like we will, yeah. we'll fix anything with anything. We'll figure out any situation with whatever tools we've got, basically. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good tip. Yeah, I, I can't really think of one thing specifically that I, I can't travel without. I do have to have music. I love mm. having, I've got a really old-fashioned MP3 player. They, I plug my headphones in, and it's my takeoff music and landing music. I love and that. long train trip music. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to have that um, yeah. continuity Mm. Yeah, I love that. And that's one thing I always travel with would be like my headphones and I'd plug them into my phone usually and I'll listen to podcasts or inspirational audio books or I've got a couple of like my favorite travel playlists that make me really happy. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. So what would you say are some of your favorite booking tools then? And you said before you don't use a travel agent. So what do you use to book your travel online? Yeah, so I have a combination of things. Um, So I've got uh, Webjet apps. Mm -hmm. um, I've got Qantas app. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got um, things like Scoot. I just kind of look, uh, yeah, I have Skyscanner. I just Mm -hmm. kind of use a variety of apps to find flights. But then I also use like Booking.com and um, Airbnb. roommates apps and so what I do is I kind of for me I look ahead at um accommodation first I sort of look through often I'll uh range through Airbnb houses or rooms and I kind of think hey that'd be a cool place to go okay I'll book Airbnb or I'll book that accommodation and then I worry about the flights and everything after after that See, that's yeah, interesting so, because I would normally do the flights and then worry about the accommodation afterwards. So I'm totally the opposite of you. Yeah. 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 I just sort of think, where do I want to be? Yeah. If I want to be near a beach, then I yeah. look up. 
what accommodation is by a beach? What yeah. can I afford? What's close to the water or where's the nearest um, mall or, you know, uh, whatever I sort of am looking for? Yeah. And then I'll work out the rest of it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, another question I've got here for you. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself from being a solo woman traveler? I rock. <laughs> yeah, you do. I love that. <laughs> you can do anything. Time, yeah, I've, it's been a, a really interesting time within myself growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I now feel really confident to go and stay in a backpackers with six or eight other women. I don't sleep in mixed shared rooms. Yeah. Um, that's just a personal preference. Mm-hmm. But like I'm totally okay with meeting new people and I'm also okay eating in a restaurant by myself and I'm okay planning on doing an activity by myself. I don't need a friend to come along and hold my hand. I can do it. Yeah, you can. that has surprised me that I thought I was pretty cool before, but now I'm amazing. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. You rock. We'll just take it back to that. You rock. (laughs) <laughs> and, I've met, and I've met some really cool people mm. like um for example just uh when I was in Fiji recently there was another lady who happened to be walking around and taking photos and we started chatting and I've since introduced her to um solo woman travel tribe mm-hmm. and um she's an avid member now and she's awesome and so um yeah making friends and talking about the solo woman travel tribe Facebook page is often a great way to start talking about traveling and, um, you know, where do you want to go and where do you want to be? And and I feel confident doing that now with complete random strangers, which (laughs) I never could do before. I love it. I love it. And I just, I just have to say you totally rock. So what's some, you do, what's some advice that you would like to leave our listeners with? Any advice or tips you want to share? I would like to speak to the woman who, like me, had lived her life with her children and thought that that's all she was worthy of having. And I want to speak into her that, girl, there is so much more out there. Get out there and go and find the world. Go and discover who you can be and go and see things and experience and touch and taste and be and do and go and see it. Don't let anyone else hold you back. Don't let their opinions of, is it going to be safe? Are you going to be okay? What are you doing by yourself? You know, Mm. where is your husband? You know, (laughs) what do the children think? You know, all of that. Don't let anyone else hold you back. Go yeah. and do it. You want to ride Amer- um, ride across America on a Harley? Girl, go and do it. You yeah. want to um, swim on the Great Barrier Reef? Go and do it. Don't let anything stop you. Just go. So I think um, specifically I want to speak to the woman who is has got that thing in her head, that mindset that, oh, I'm too old, I should really be settled down and I'll just stay and be a nana. No, get out there and 
show your children and show your grandchildren that this is what you can do because mm. you rock. Yeah, so so true. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You've just got to go out and do it. Do what's best for you, you know? Yes. Go out and do what is best for you. Yeah, totally. So if our listeners wanted to connect with you after this podcast, where can they find you or how could they get in touch? They can definitely um, private message me through the um, solo web, uh, solo women's tribal tribe. Um, I'm often on there and um, you'll get long, lengthy comments from me. <laughs> so you can find me and click, you know, on me and private message me is fine. Yeah, cool. And I just want to say to that as well, thank you so much for your input within the group because you've been such an amazing member and, you know, giving advice and inspiring other women and answering their questions and just helping out. And I really do appreciate that. So I want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. Isn't that what women need to do is empower each other? Yeah. Women supporting and empowering each other. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It has been an awesome chat with you. Thank you so, so much. Oh, I love it. I love this whole (laughs) environment. I love this group. And it's just amazing to see women going, yeah, I'm going to go out there and rock this world. Yeah, it is. And I love how we've communicated as a group as well, empowering each other and encouraging each other and just saying, yeah, you can do it. Get out there and go and do it. So, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's thank you for providing that forum. You're welcome. It's been amazing. I love it. I have to say, I absolutely love it. The, if you're having a bad day, you can just go in there and there's just so much love and positivity and encouragement in there. Whether or not you're talking about travel is just full of goodness. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I totally. agree. Awesome. Thanks so much, Selena. You're welcome. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. If you would like to ask me any questions or give any feedback or comments, pop on over to Solo Woman Travel Tribe. I would love to hear from you guys and connect. Now, if you want to get your hands on my copy of the top five things you need to know as a solo woman traveler, it's not what you think, then head on over to www.solowomantraveltribe.com forward slash download. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are not already a member of our Solo Woman Travel Tribe, then please come and check us out at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Solo Woman Travel Tribe. Thanks again, and I hope to see you over in the group.